Blog Talk Radio. This is the year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fuck. So like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about, we could be doing it right now. I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me, I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because if you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like, I'm guillotining everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they don't match. They literally get right here. y'all i am here it's your girl d scott i am checking in with y'all real real quick um and i wanted to do a quick show called nola darling shit and nola darling is the fictional 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 character in uh spike lee's remake of the series she's got to have it and there were you know a lot of people are giving a lot of negative feedback about the show they didn't like the way it ended they didn't like the way it was they didn't like anything about it without spoiling it for you I will tell you some of the things that I loved about the show obviously the Puerto Rico um the Puerto Rico uh show actually episode really did something to me so this week was a holiday week um so it kicks off you know the busy season for a lot of us that work um in any type of hospitality or we have to deal with a bounty of other humans And so it always, you know, gives me that extra added energy. And so this week, you know, we've been talking about consequences. We've been talking about certain things. And, you know, I'm just in a place of peace and in a place of calm. And so, therefore, it was nothing to me to get up and, you know, just kind of hang out, have a little beverage, be with the family over the weekend, and then just start to mentally prepare for, you know, the upcoming work that needs to be done. So, um, although my birthday is coming, and shout out to Stevie Nicks who just celebrated, I want to say she's like 80 years old or something crazy, but uh, we'll be hearing from her later on in the show as far as music is concerned. Cause I know I love me some Fleetwood Mac. But, you know, nothing really um, too ridiculous happened this week, just some, some realizations and some, you know, some family shit. Because people always assume that because I don't talk about you know, my child or anything that's going on that I'm not a single mom. I'm most definitely, you know, a, a single mom. I'm most definitely somebody that is still out here grinding and trying to make sure that I'm not struggling and my kid don't have to struggle. So there were some lessons to be learned this week, especially, you know, in my family. So now let's get into the shit. So I was watching the Nola Darling situation, and they show um, Poppy, which is the Dominican guy that was homeless, that went to jail for defacing the property, but he really didn't do it. Um, There were just a lot of little lessons that Nola needed to learn. So on your path to enlightenment, and we talked about that in church on Sunday and self-actualization, 
that doesn't mean that you're walking out here and you're above consequence and you're above getting your ass whooped or you're above real-life circumstances. It just means that you're making a conscious effort to try to do better and vibrate higher. You understand that literally whatever you put into the universe, it has to come back to you. It has to come back to you. So if you're putting love into the universe, even if the love isn't given back to you from the person that you want it from, you will get it back. If you're putting hate into the universe, oh, baby girl, you're going to get that back too. If you're putting in the universe that you hope this person dies and you're trying to, you know, perform dark arts, you're going to get it back. There are ripples, there are waves, even light magic that a lot of people love to exclaim that they practice. There are certain things that, you know, you're going to get that back. So I'm watching it, and he becomes a 5%er. Poppy becomes a 5%er, um, which, of course, pleased my, my brother Saladin. He was very excited to see that type of representation on screen where he's like, you know, I got to go to work. You know, I can't be out here just doing my art. You know, I got to go to work. Nola gets invited to this retreat in Martha's Vineyard, which if you look at the history and um, with Martha's Vineyard, it was, you know, really for prominent black families back in the day, which is where the movie The Inkwell came from uh, with Lorenz Tate back in the day. So Nola's out there. Nola is your typical, if you were to read my book, Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess on Amazon and Kindle, she's in, she was in her whole stroll phase where she kind of just did whatever she wanted and just lived how she wanted to say whatever she wanted with no consequence. She tries to have a relationship with Opal, the lesbian relationship that she was in, and that didn't work out because at the end of the day, Opal's a grown-ass woman. She owns a nursery as far as plants are concerned, and she has a daughter. And so Nola, not having children and not really knowing what's up, you know, overstepped her boundaries a few times, so that was an important lesson, whether it's male or female. What also was important to see Nola doing as well is understanding that all the fuck shit that she did before has now come to a head. And so although people can fight to be back in a relationship with you, it doesn't mean that you're alleviated of all the fuck shit that you did before. It doesn't mean that. So unfortunately, Opal takes a look at what's really going on, and it's just like, although this girl is trying to change for me, that's not what she really wants. She needs somebody that's stable. She needs somebody that is going to do the same for her that she would do for them, and unfortunately, Nola is not in that place. Nola gets invited to uh, Martha's Vineyard to be in this artist competition. It's just this wonderful thing that happens in real life. People get invited to artist retreats all the time or writers' retreats, things or such. And the gentleman, the white guy that she thought is appropriating culture and is gentrifying and doing all this stuff, she gets up, she makes a speech, she basically motherfucks him. And not realizing that he's the person that funded this whole thing. So this goes back to another lesson that we learned, which is don't bite the fucking hand that feeds you. So he went to her and he was like, you know, and he did, he did, he did a real gangster. I have to give him credit. He did a real gangster. He was like, you know, since you have all these things and you write, you know, some of my work before, you know, when I was going against you out here in these streets, um, but you know what, you write, I feel like you really are for the people, so instead of me giving you this $10,000 stipend, I'm going to go ahead and donate it to one of your charities that you mentioned. That basically was a slap in the face because you should have shut the fuck up, got your money, and then handled your business after. So, you know, you guys always think, too, that being noble means that you have to suffer. You don't have to suffer. Get paid, young woman, get paid. Don't be stupid. But at the same time, you can still be true to yourself while you collecting these checks. 
There was a better way that Nola could have done that, and that wasn't it. Third lesson learned was when um, the homegirl that worked at the gallery basically, like, was ratting on Nola to her boss, not realizing you just a pawn in your boss's game. She comes back to work. She ends up getting fired because she didn't do the job that he needed her to do, and now she realizes she was just a bed wench. Uh, we also see where um, Mars uh, is is coming into his own, but he also finds out that the chick that he was messing with, which was Nola's friend. So I give Nola that. She was a G. Just like she was sleeping with other people, she knew her people were sleeping with other people. And it was actually beautiful to watch, like, you know, black people going on dates and, like, being friends and then them seeing each other. But these don't mean that they're open relationships. It means that when you're not lying to each other about who the fuck you are and what it is that you're interested in, you guys can have cordial relationships and go to dinner and support each other's businesses and say hello to a girl that you might be fucking with. You know what I mean? And it's not a big deal to me because there's no jealousy because I might be doing the same. So I think that that was beautifully depicted because we honestly, and I just said this last week, we don't date. We get into these relationships. We start sleeping with each other. You know, not that it's sooner or later. It doesn't matter. I waited at one point nine months to sleep with a with a dude when really I should have just banged him on the first or second week and then just got rid of him like 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 nothing. But I ended up wasting time because you know you think that's your friend and then you know it's just too much. So another lesson that was learned. I told y'all there's a main reason that I don't fuck with married men. I just, I don't. And if I did, I didn't know they was married. The wife of Mr. Whatever his name is, the, the character played by Lyric Bent, who is actually from um, Toronto, dark-skinned gentleman that was married to the blonde girl, the black lady. She's now having an affair with this white dude. And then he, you know, of course, because when we do something, they want to be on our dick about it. And so it's a small world, right? Finds out that the daughter of Opal and the son of the wife, you know, and the guy she's messing with go to the same school. So they're actually friends. So unfortunately, Nola gets checked by old boy's wife. So even though the wife is cheating and she's doing her thing now too, dude, you started it, and she checked the fuck out of her. She was like, I ought to dog walk you up and down the street. And I think that that's something that when you're on the whole straw, a lot of people don't take into consideration. Now, boyfriend, girlfriend, I told you all before, unless, and forget the ring. You could even have the ring and these motherfuckers still be out here lying, like acting like they're single. And especially if we don't know you, it's not like we've seen you all together. Nobody owes you any loyalty but your man. However, in this situation, I understand where the wife was coming from, having been a wife myself, because Nola knew that he was married. But what was he doing, ladies? He was sitting up there telling Nola he was going to leave her. She was doing this and complaining, running his mouth about his wife to his mistress. So she said some foul shit to her, like, yeah, he gave you $10,000. You must have sucked his dick 10,000 times. Like, but you deserve that, and you got to stand still. That's part of what I mean when I say sometimes you got to stand still in your own bullshit and take it because you deserve it. I'm talking about husband and wife. I'm not talking about boyfriend and girlfriend. Then there was another pivotal moment where, you know, Nola pretty much is losing everything. She's losing everybody. Her artwork is suffering because I don't know about you, but as an artist and a writer, and when I'm in a relationship, I don't put out my best work because I'm content. I'm happy. I don't have anything to be melancholic about. I don't have anything to be pained about or hurt. Some people's best work, like, for example, Drake, Kanye, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, like, you know, some of their best work comes from a place of pain, comes from a place of chaos. And so you see Nola creating some very surface shit, and then people basically telling her, like, you know, I want the bat for you to bring you here, and you produce this piece of shit work, you know what I mean, like focus. 
Then there is the most wonderful episode that they do in Puerto Rico, and then I'm not going to talk too much later. Um, Puerto Rico is just a magical place just in the sense of they have the Tejano culture, you know, so there's a lot of people that practice Santeria, which is basically from Cuba, uh, Vodou, Voodoo, Haitian, which is from Africa, but in Haiti, and then you have that stuff that happened with the Tejano people that are in um, Puerto Rico, and then you have your Mexican, you know, different Indians that were ruling over there, your deities. And it was awesome to see Rosie. It was awesome to see Rosie Perez as Marv's mother. And then there's a little secret in there if you guys watch uh, Spike Lee movies. But it was crazy how she looked at Nolan immediately, associated her with a deity, uh, the deity Oshun. So when you see Oshun and Mama Wati and just different Lasarine, Lasarine, different deities, you know what they look like in other people. So. I love the fact that they put that African spirituality in it and that it was just very normal. You see her, you see Rosie Perez feeding the altar because that usually means you're going to ask for something, usually some abundance or some protection, something like that. She gave uh, her, her altar, which was a usually a statue, some candles. She gave it food. So it was wonderful to see that episode and then about what was going on down there. You see Fat Joe down there, if I'm not mistaken. His family's from Fajardo. Uh, Puerto Rico, and they show them, you know, doing like a basic uh, ceremony. Uh, looks like an induction, but it may not have been. It may have just been ceremonial. They were in white. They cover their heads, and there's reason for all that. So with the culture being so beautiful and just everything that was going on, it was beautiful to see her and Mar still have that friendship. And another lesson we learned with that episode was that Mar got put out, you know, because he wasn't bringing the fucking money. And one thing about New York women, we want the money, right? Don't matter, I don't want to hear your excuses, your job got shut down, whatever. Told you, you only got a couple of minutes to get yourself together, and then we got to start talking. So Mars ends up homeless. I love the fact that although it may have been inappropriate to some other people, I love the fact that he at least developed a relationship with Nola, that he was able to say, you know what, I'm fucked up. And although, you know, we wild attracted to each other, whatever, whatever, you know I'm good for the money. May I please come stay with you because I can't stay with my sister no more. So there's all these things. I think that when people are talking about the series, they're not taking into consideration that what the series is showing us is how black relationships perhaps should function instead of the ways that we've been functioning within black relationships. And it's not to say that white relationships are different. It's just to say I'm focusing on black people and, and Latino people right now. Because I think that if we all told the truth, the number one thing about Nola Darling that you have to love is that she tells the fucking truth. At this point, she tells the truth. You have to see the episode. Oh, that was another episode where they had the Prince episode where, matter of fact, it's coming up. I want to say it's his birthday weekend, which is next weekend. Uh, Spike Lee actually shuts down Brooklyn because he said, you can't even make a documentary about this man. You'd be falling short in so many ways. So they have a Prince Day. It's called something else. Um, in Brooklyn, I think the first weekend, not the first, but like the June 8th night, something like that, they have a weekend where everything is purple, all Prince music is played. And actually in one of the episodes, all they did was play Prince music. All they did was play Prince music. So even though we love Sinead O'Connor and nothing compared to you, y'all forget that Prince wrote that song. Prince wrote a lot of shit because that's why that's my husband. If y'all didn't know, I'm like obsessed with Prince since I was a kid. Some people like Michael Jackson. I always was obsessed with Prince. That's why my hair was like that. I kept it black. I went to be Apollonian, Vanity Six. But that was also an important episode to me because it shows that if you can't keep male or female, somebody in your life on a professional level, you were sleeping with them, whatever, whatever, we are not so barbaric that 
we can't understand, okay, we had a love thing, or you may have liked me, I may have liked you, things happened, we got physical, but you know what, you're still a great photographer, you're still a great businessman, you're still a great cook, you're still a great person to run ideas off of, and while you are single and we are dating other people, I still would like to see you about those things. That, to me, is the, is the core of the show, is being able to show black women navigate and not have to lie and infect people. Nola Darling had very specific rules about when she was sleeping with people, when she wasn't sleeping with people, you know, if she was, and then you see the African guy. You know, I love that there's actual courtship going on because people are not courting anymore. People are not, you know, being intrigued by anybody anymore. People are not seducing anymore. Seduction used to be a very, very wonderful art. It really was. They wrote books on it and everything. So for me, y'all think that this episode of She's Gotta Have It was trash. I'm like, oh, and I'm only on, I think, like the fifth episode. But to me, I wish I could have these relationships that she's having where I'm able to keep all my shit intact but I can't because these hoes be getting so angry, they get so upset, you know, everyone is jealous, you know, you see all the women getting along, and I know it's TV, but I know somewhere in the crux of Brooklyn or somewhere in the crux of Cali somewhere, there are people that are out there having real relationships, because that's what a relationship is, it's a, it's a conversation between two people. It's an understanding between two people. So it doesn't matter if you're in a romantic relationship or if you're in a sexual relationship or when you're in a business relationship. These are things that can really happen. So I want to leave you guys with, to me, uh, one of the best artists of our time, female, and it is Stevie Nicks. This is a song, uh, Edge of 17. Y'all know that I love Fleetwood Mac, but mostly I love Stevie Nicks just because the way that she writes, because a lot of people ain't even writing their shit anymore. So I'm going to leave you guys with this song. We are not 17 anymore. We are not little kids. We should be able to, as adults, walk into relationships and say, you know what, you know, that's not really what I'm looking for right now. I'm open to it, but, you know, you don't want to curse yourself. But at the same time, be open that just because you're not in a sexual relationship with somebody doesn't mean that their purpose for you or with you or your purpose with them stops right there. I have plenty of men that I could call right now that might know some shit that know some shit that I don't know nothing about, and I'm thankful for that. And just like I will hope that they will call me on some shit, not trying to get no pussy, and just on some, oh, I know you know some shit, you know, let me ask you this, and then I'm thankful for that as well. But all right, guys, I will talk to you on Sunday for church.